So I visited with him and come to find out like he grew up in this small town outside of Pittsburgh, came to RIT with basically like a, a garbage bag full of clothes. It's his degree. He, he built a company and he sold it for like multi, multi-million dollars. <laughs> and then this is his second company. So he didn't even need to do this, but that's when I met him. Welcome back to One Visit Away with your host, Kevin Fitzpatrick. This show focuses on true stories of philanthropy in order to understand what it takes to succeed in major gift fundraising. Listen to these stories and you'll realize you're just one visit away from a transformational experience for your benefactors and your organization. Did you know that, according to research, only about one-third of the prospects fundraisers like you get thrown on their caseloads are truly qualified? And even fewer are actually ready for your outreach. Think about that. If you're like most, two-thirds of the leads you've been getting are not really qualified to be on your list. Sure, they might have given in the past and their wealth screen ratings might be high, but if they won't accept your outreach, what good is all that research anyway, right? It's a serious problem, but there is a solution. And you can find it in Greg Warner's book titled Engagement Fundraising, which you can get right now at no cost whatsoever at imarketsmart.com forward slash free book. That's right. You can learn how hundreds of organizations and thousands of fundraisers are succeeding in today's era of fundraising climate change by grabbing your free digital copy or audiobook version of Greg's very popular book today. Get it now. 100% free. Engagement fundraising at imarketsmart.com forward slash free book. That's imarketsmart.com forward slash free book. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the One Visit Away podcast. So before we get into this fantastic episode with Adam Platzer with RIT, a few things. As you may have known, I am doing the mega blowout, gigantic one-year anniversary celebration sale on my course, Major Gift Millions. So Major Gift Millions turned one uh, this past week. And in order to celebrate, I'm offering the greatest deals I've ever offered on the course. So here are the four reasons you should get enrolled and the things you get if you enroll before July 7th. One, huge discounts. So individual access is 200 bucks off. Team access is $2,000 off. Uh, second thing, uh, crazy refund policy. If you want your money back within the first 30 days of purchasing the course, just let me know and I will give you a full refund plus cash on top of it. Um, third reason is you get a personal coaching call with me. So with individual access, you get a 30-minute coaching call with me. With team access, you get a 45-minute coaching call for your whole team. And then the final reason is you will get uh, an invitation to a private webinar where I will be teaching you exactly how I built my coaching business uh, from nothing to over $100,000 a year in income while I was just doing it part-time, while I was you know working in major gifts full-time. And so I'm going to show you exactly how I did that, uh, talk about pricing, how I got it all started, that kind of thing. But the only way to get that link is to be a student enrolled in major gift millions and as you'll hear very briefly in this episode rit is one of the organizations that's been through my course major gift millions and there are hundreds of other 
fundraisers out there who have been through the course and helping them a lot. So go check it out. One visit slash millions. Um, the discounts are already applied and I hope to see you enrolled in the course. And now, uh, enjoy this great conversation with Adam Platzer. Well, welcome back to the one visit away podcast, Adam. Thanks for being here. Yeah. Thanks for having me. So we've got Adam Platzer with Rochester Institute of Technology, one of the few repeat guests on the show. And uh, I'm super excited. Your Our first podcast episode went really well, and you had an incredible story about a huge gift. And I know I've seen some of your stuff on LinkedIn. Has some of y'all have had some pretty big like building projects going on. Is this related to that gift or? Some of it. Um, okay. RIT is just, I mean, things are going really well here. We're just kind of right place, right time, kind of an innovative tech university. So um, fundraising has been great. We have great leadership here. Um, but yeah, lots of buildings. So it makes a lot of news. Uh, the $50 million gift, they are creating a huge maker space right now. That's part of that gift. So that's made a lot of news. Uh, but yeah, just lots of lots of things happening on campus here, which is great to see. That's exciting. And you're an alum. And how long have you been with RIT at this point? I've been at RIT 17 years. So in various parts of advancement, basically. So yeah, it's it's just a great place to be. That's incredible. So as we're... I'm just making up where this conversation is going, but it always impresses me when people stick at an organization for more than uh, 18 days and you've been there for 17 years. What's some, uh, could you just tell everybody a little bit, what's that, what's that journey been like? Why have you stayed? Um, I'm sure you've seen a lot of people come and go and go and go and go to, <laughs> 17 organizations in the 17 you've been there. So just what's, what's that been like from your perspective? Well, I think it's because RIT is on such a upward trend and there's just so many, I mean, just cool things happening on this campus and with the alums and they're starting companies and selling companies and just the things that are happening here and in the leadership we have and advancement has helped a lot. We've got an unbelievable team here and there's just a lot of room for growth. Uh, we've got a pretty big advancement team at RIT. Um, so it's just been great to see it on both ends. Within advancement, we're growing, good things are happening. And then the school itself is just doing some amazing things. It just keeps it really excited to work here. Yeah. Where is your, this might seem like a random question, where is your office or I guess all the advancement offices in relation to uh, the rest of the school? Um, how close are you all in proximity to seeing students and that kind of thing? We're right on campus. So, okay. I mean, right out the door, you can, you're, you're right amongst the student population, which I think is very important. And it helps a lot to be, you know, close by faculty and staff, um, which actually we'll get into a little bit in a, in a moment about the pathway to the gift. Just building those relationships, I think, is important to be close to everybody and your internal partners. Yeah. So it, it helps a lot, I think. Yeah. I think, yeah. I heard about a school recently that, uh, they're kind of limited in geography and kind of where things can be. So they, they built a new building that they put all the administration in, including the advancement team, but it's off campus. And when I heard that, I was just like, no, like, like you're just, you're just, you're just setting yourself up. for so many 
issues of just not being able to feel like you're part of the community every day. So I think that's, that's a big deal. Cool. So let's just jump into it. You have uh, created something at RIT that you call the pathway to a gift. I will stop talking because people would rather hear about it from you. But just if you could just jump right in and talk about kind of the how that came about and why it's significant. Yeah, I think, I mean, any university or wherever you're fundraising, um, sometimes it could be tough to get the community on board with what you're doing or do they understand what you're doing? Um, so this is really a tool that, that we use at RIT to thank everybody involved that was a part of a gift because, you know, a major gift, it's a couple of years. I mean, it could take a while. There's so many internal partners that are part of making it happen. It's not just one fundraiser that, that did it. So basically what this is, is it kind of tells the story in a diagram form about how the gift was booked from start to finish. But it mentions all the people that were involved in it. And then what we do is we create it um, and it's, it's a nice looking diagram. And then we actually send it out to everybody that was involved in it and they see their names in there. Um, and it's just a way to thank them. But I think the other piece to this is it, it educates them as well about what, what major gifts is like. Cause I, I mean, a lot of people around a university really still don't know what we do. So I think, you know, we're always trying to educate people to get people on board with what we're doing. Um, and you can actually, I have a website, forwardfundraisers.com, where you can download a, a blank diagram or you can fill it in yourself and send it out. Um, and it kind of shows you how to do it. Um, but I can kind of run through like, like why we do it. I think there's four main reasons that we do it at RIT. Um, number one is peer recognition, I would say. So people like to get thanked in front of people. So when we send these out, like, thanks for being a part of this gift. Sometimes the president's copied on it. Sometimes, you know, deans and leaders all over the university. And then it could be someone, you know, that's that's in a lower level job that was a big part of this. And you're thanking them in front of the president. <laughs> so it's kind of a big deal for that to happen, I would say. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I love that. So we can we can pause on that for a second because I always love the uh, what you're doing with the pathway to a gift is the opposite of what some fundraisers with uh, extraordinarily large egos like to do, which is they tell the story of how the gift happened. And the only person they talk about is themselves and ignoring everyone else's contribution, not only ignoring their contribution, but like creating this mythical story of how they did, you know, infinitely more than any human could. So I think, I think that's amazing. Yeah. That's the type of person you don't want on your team. I would say. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to me, like I, so, I, I will take no credit. I mean, I will try to push all the credit elsewhere because it's only going to help me moving forward. The more people that I thank and help, they're going to help me in the future. And that's kind of the second part is this is an education tool um, it's funny when we send it out and these are like faculty staff, you know, there's internal people in advancement that are a part of it, but we're also like, there's a Dean or a professor that are a part of these and that we get responses back and they're like, Oh, I had no idea these gifts take this long. Or I had no idea there was so many people involved and it was this, like there was so much to it. So it kind of educates them on what we do a little closer because you can really see the whole story of, Here's how we qualified. Here's all the ways we engage. It's basically 
we put in like eight of the top engagements that happen along the way to the gift closing. And they just see that and they're just amazed at how long and how much goes into it. Um, so to me, the education part of this is just as important as the thanking it for the gift. So for sure. Yeah. It's the, the common theme for people who aren't directly involved with major gifts is just, it seems so mysterious. And so I think this, this cuts through that and allows people to understand not only how they played a role, but how they might play a role again in the future. That's it. And that's my next point. It kind of gets them thinking like they see that. And then they're like, man, I have this other alum that I want to get you in touch with because maybe we could do the same thing or I have a company that I'm in touch with that we should be doing this. So it really gets them thinking like a fundraiser when they see how it all works, which Mm. just, again, puts more people on your side. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. So what's, what's number four then? I'm curious. It's just, I think it spreads like a lot of people get these emails then they forward them on to everybody within their division. So it just helps. I mean, I think every development shop is kind of making, trying to make their, their image and, you know, everybody want to work with them in a, in a positive light. So this really helps that. I think it really lets people know the hard work we're doing and how we need to partner with people. And it just spreads around campus and people hear about it and they see these diagrams going around and people forward them out of their managers and say, Hey, I was a part of this. So I think it just spreads, which is what you want. I mean, if you can get a large majority of your campus on board with what you're doing in fundraising and get their, their mindset like a fundraiser, I mean, that is just going to help you so much. Obviously. Yes. Does, how have you, have you felt like RIT has always had that uh, we're all in it together kind of team spirit? Or have you seen improvements along the way? Or what were some of the things that, that have caused that? Because it's not, it is not the case at all organizations, I can assure you. No, and we still have things that we're, you know, we're trying to win people over. There's always new people coming and going. Uh, I think it's gotten a lot better over the years because we're just, we're better partners and we're, you know, doing things like this to thank people and get them involved with the process. I mean, there's lots of things you should do to, to make these internal relationships work, but you have to do them um, or it's just not going to work out. I, I, I don't think we can do our jobs without the faculty and staff helping out the deans and the leadership here. Um, but yeah, it's gotten better over the years, but I think no matter where you are, there's always going to be these issues. So you just got to do your best to get people on board with what you're doing. Yeah, for sure. And tell me about, I'm, I'm curious. I feel like, did you start forward fundraisers during the pandemic or has that always been something kind of on the, on the periphery of your, your efforts? I've been doing it just for a couple of years and it's mainly just to, I write articles and put them on there yeah. and there's one about this on there. And that's probably been gotten the most reception. I would say people really like this idea of the pathway of the gift. And it's like a real tool you can use. Like you can download a blank one and kind of fill it out whenever you want and push them yeah. on yourself. But yeah, it's always been just kind of a thing I do on the side whenever a article or an idea comes to me. So yeah, that's awesome. And that's as far as I understand, that's just you giving stuff to the fundraising community for free, like just cause you, you love the industry and want to help. Yeah. And I think at RIT we're what's great about our advancement shop is everybody's just here to learn more. So we're constantly doing things to learn more. So I'll take things that I'm, 
that I write about. Obviously, I want to pass those on to my team. And yeah, um, that's just the culture we have here, which I really like. Yeah, that's fantastic. Man, I love that. So everybody will leave a note in or a link in the description of this podcast episode so you can get that pathway to a gift uh, form so you can fill it out at your own organization. I think that's huge. It's a there's so many groups I can think of right now that would benefit greatly from that because it is just fundraising is one of those things where, you know, we're measured on performance and results and some people have the you know short-sighted approach that well i just need to show everybody that i'm the one that that did this and it never works out well in the long run and the more you can get everybody on the same team working together it's just going to make your it's going to make your organization thrive but it's also going to Exactly what Adam said, like no one wants that person on their team that or you shouldn't want that person on the team. It's funny because the people that are experienced with major gifts know that to be true. But a lot of small organizations that don't have a staff, they don't know that to be true. So they hear the person that's just talking themselves up all the time and they're like, well, we got to hire them. And it's no good. So I love this idea and thanks for bringing it to the, uh, the community. Yeah. I, I think like when I interview people and I hear them talking about, I always ask, tell me about a gift you booked. And if they say, I, 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 I'm like, I'm out, you know, I want to hear about we and how this and how we collaborated. Um, so it's definitely a thing you got to look out for when you're interviewing people, because to me, the ego thing is just, you can't, you can't have it on a team, not in this, what we're doing. It's so hard major gift fundraising already. So you got to get these internal partners on board with what you're doing. You're just not going to be able to get it done. Yeah. Love that. Um, this might be a curveball, but I'm curious in how y'all handle things at RIT. If you, if you can talk about it, great. If you can't, we'll just edit it out. How do y'all, uh, how do y'all deal with compensation? Is there, uh, are y'all like a strict salary approach are there incentives based on a variety of you know inputs how does that work uh it's it's just a strictly salary based usually for cool. us um, yeah certain circumstances maybe but yeah it's pretty and we're, we're competitive and you know i think for me working at rit there is the salary piece but i think it's just the quality of life of working here and working on a good team that we really push as well yeah i love that and so the reason i was asking uh, is not necessarily to have people go apply to work at RIT, but yeah, should. Yeah. but just to get perspective from an organization that's thriving, because a lot of organizations want to pay out bonuses or incentives based on performance, and that kind of there's a few problems with that in my mind. Uh, one being when you pay, like, especially, I mean, organizations will pay commissions, which most people know you should not do. It's unethical for a variety of reasons. But right. it's, well, yeah, if it's like, if you close a $10 million gift and you get 10%, like, that's not okay. Um, but the, the other problem it does is it feeds into this make yourself the best and, like, you know, <laughs> prove your uh your i don't know success above all others right. when it's like if you can just reward 
performance. And yeah, like we pay you well and we expect good things and uh, we'll reward you with increased salaries over time, but we'll also just fire you if you suck. And I like that approach more than like, you know, we're going to give you all these bonuses if you do some short-term things well and it just leads to, to issues. Yeah, I think it makes you not work well with other fundraisers. Like we do, mm-hmm. we're very, we have a regional team and a college team and we work really closely with them. We re- visit each other's prospects. Mm-hmm. But if you had that in place, I don't think people would share prospects, which is not good. You need all those touch right. points. So we right. do shared credit on gifts. So, mm-hmm. you know, everybody works really well together. But yeah, if it's incentive based like that, I think it'd be, I, I just don't think it'd be good in the long run because people would hold on to their prospects, not want other people to help out with them. Right. And that's, you need more touch points, which is what we do here. Right. That's great. Well, yeah. Tell me about, you said you've got a, a couple of stories um, since the last time we spoke. Um, if you could start out with one of those, I'd love to hear it. Yeah. Both are pretty similar and they were qualification mm-hmm. visits this, in the past six months that just went really well. Um, the first one, and it both had the s- same strategy. So what I like to do is when I'm going to a region, the first one was in Atlanta. What I like to do is, you know, we have our system, obviously that we have our database, but I like to go into LinkedIn, go to the RIT page and then hit the alumni and then go by region to Atlanta. But then I like to put in job titles like CEO, founder, president, CTO, COO. So I put all those in and I'll put in the people, the alums in that area that have good titles. Um, so I found a person who was the founder of a startup there and I, I saw that he had found another startup, but we just, we really had no, no communication with him or I don't think we had good contact info. Um, I actually guessed his email. I do that a lot. So I'll take his website and then his name and I'll guess, and then it just worked. And what we benefit from at RIT is RIT can really help companies a lot with recruiting joint projects. So my message is, we want to get you more involved, but we also want to help your company. And here are the ways RIT can help your company. Um, so that got a response because this guy, he's building a company. He'll, you know, he'll take all the help he can, he can get. So I visited with him and come to find out, like he grew up in this small town outside of Pittsburgh, came to RIT with basically like a, a garbage bag full of clothes. It's his degree. He, he built a company and he sold it for, multi multi-million dollars <laughs> and then this is his second company so he didn't even need to do this but that's when i met him and we started talking through ways to get him involved and how we could help his company there were some fits for what he's doing and what RIT was doing that we might partner on um, but because we have had not the best engagement with him to me like the follow-up has to be immediate and it has to be concrete so I immediately had him Zoom with the dean of the school that he graduated with after I'd met with him in person just to get an update and for him to meet the dean because the dean from the school is really good as well. Did that. And then two weeks from now, he's flying in and he's going to be a keynote speaker for this startup event we do in the summer. So we're just like making up for lost time a little bit here um, because we, you know, it had been great if we engaged him 10 years ago. But it's great we got him now, and now he's just all in. Hasn't been back to campus in you know twenty years, so it's going to blow his mind when he sees it. Um, but it just worked out so well, 
But to me, like the follow up right after where we got them, you know, the meeting with the dean and coming back to campus for the first time to do this talk. We're just I think it's going to blow them away and seeing everything that's changed over the years. So, yeah, that's incredible. So one of the things that uh, comes to my mind is I talk with a lot of fundraisers who, you know, they're. A lot of these are from smaller organizations. They're super passionate about whatever their mission is. And they don't necessarily have a background or any interest in business. But most of their donors really do. And so they wind up getting into a visit. And, you know, I'll ask them, like, oh, what did you learn about the person's business? And they're like, well, you know, they're they're in, you know, real estate or something. I don't know. Like... And and it's just this this massive missed opportunity just because they they don't even know where to begin to talk about business or what what so I guess what I'm getting to is RIT has a lot to do with business and you know the other story you told me I think it was a similar kind of setup where this guy was building his company um are there any is there any advice you have to fundraisers or any resources that could assist them in being able to uh, enter into a conversation and just be curious about somebody's business to where they don't feel like they're completely uh, just out of their depths. Well, I would, I mean, I would ask as many questions about Mm. what they're doing as possible because that's going to give you some wealth indicators, obviously. But to me, I mean, Going in, I research whatever company they're with and just find any way that that RIT could help them or be a part. I mean, at the very least, you could bring them back to campus to talk about what they do. I mean, anybody can do that. And people will usually come, students will come listen. But to me, I'm trying to find out everything about that company. How many employees, where they are, what funding round are they in, how much equity do they have in the company? I mean, all these things you should be should get that out. Um, the more you know, the better you can partner with them and, and that company. So, and have you just developed your uh, business knowledge and just over the years of just talking to people, or are there any you know? Yeah, I remember it hit me the first time I had a visit with someone that was like the number three hired staff member at Foursquare that app, and he was real young. But like, I put it together that like if they IPO or sell this this young alum is going to be extremely wealthy so and that was really early on in my career so once i heard that i was like there's a lot of angles and and what's good is it's mutually beneficial i mean we're going to help these companies the good one of the best things to do is just connect them with other alums that are in the industry i mean that that just goes so so long i mean they really appreciate meeting people in their industry that can help their company and help them network so that's just one of another easy way to to engage alums is just find other people that are in their industry or if they're entrepreneurs. I mean, that's what we do a lot of. All they want to do is talk to other entrepreneurs. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I think that's, that that's what you said about, you know, if they had an IPO or something like that, a lot of people don't even know what an IPO is. Right. So somebody might like a donor might say something in a conversation <laughs> like, Oh, we're going to have an IPO later this year. They're like, okay, cool. Like I'm going to have a cheeseburger, like whatever. <laughs> and you, you can just miss out on, on so much opportunity. So I think, yeah, if you can stomach, uh, reading some business books or listening to things like, uh, how I built this is a great podcast. Um, I agree. I do that. 
Yeah, exactly. I think there's there's some things that uh, you certainly must have a you know natural inclination towards being interested in business, but some people that don't, if you can try to get some, watch a little Shark Tank or something, um, it 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 just makes a massive difference. Because as you know, I mean, everything you've said, (laughs) pretty much everything you've said so far is. gaining information about the donor not uh overloading them with how awesome rit is oh totally yeah Yeah. i agree with that and again it's just going to help with how you can partner with them how you can help them so the more you know the better for sure that's awesome so what's your what's your second uh qualification story similar similar story um this time i was going to portland oregon and did the same thing Hmm. linkedin did all these job titles. Um, I found a a woman that owns a design firm out there. Um, Little engagement, not not that much. Um, Went out there, visited with her. Um, It went extremely well. Found out she'd sold a design firm and now this is like her second one. Um, And there was just so many ways that we could work with that company because we have an unbelievable design school. Um, But just getting her involved. Like she just, because Portland's not, it's not one of those cities that you get to a lot as a university. I think she just was wanted to get involved so badly. So the timing was perfect. Um, but again, I, I'd like to stress the, the follow-up to this one is similar to that um, because she hadn't had that much engagement, but she wanted to get so involved. I knew that everything I talked about with her and it was like, I'm going to connect you with other alums in the area. She wanted to do that because she's got a business. She wants to, again, network with like-minded people that are alums. And then she really wanted to get involved in like a a board capacity, like being on an advisory board. So have this great meeting. I get back literally the next day. I'm emailing her. Give me some times. I want you to meet with the dean from the school because we want to talk about getting you uh, each, each of our college has what we call a national council. So like an advisory board. So the next day I'm like, give me some times next week. I want to set up for a time for you to meet this Dean and we could talk through, see if you're a good fit for the, for their national council. So that happens. She's, she's on that board now, like pretty quickly. So we get around that and that's, you know, kind of the best of the best within each college are part of these boards. And then the other thing about, so on that trip, I, I'd met a bunch of people and there was, you know, probably five to eight that were really, really good. You know, that, and this is a group I'm like, they got to get together. So immediately we had her, she helped plan a dinner where they all came together, ate dinner, got to meet each other. I didn't go, um, but I heard it, it went, it went late. People didn't want to leave and she was just really happy with it. But to me, it's, I, you got to find those things. And especially for the people that you, you haven't esca- engaged as well over the years, you got to just follow up so quickly and make the things happen that you talked about. And then they're like, I'm on board. Um, Cause what, what I tell everybody on my team is like these people we deal with, we're the lowest priority in their lives really. So you gotta, you gotta provide that value where they're going to actually re- return your email or your phone call. So to me, it's like, get those things done. Like get them on the board quick help this event, like make these follow-up items uh, happen. And then they're like, I trust this person and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to respond to them and work with them yeah. and be a part of RIT. So, you know, to me, it's that follow-up. It's the key mm. to everything. Yeah. So it's funny. 
I know some people when they, you know, have a visit with a donor, especially for the first time, they leave and sometimes they feel like they're like, you know, how long should I wait before I take the next step? Some people will artificially delay it because they don't want to feel like they're I don't I don't know if they think they seem desperate or if they feel like they'd just be it's too much for the person. I don't know. But uh I think your perspective um is clearly much more in touch with what you know you yeah. know if the donor's excited like strike while the irons how oh, I know, know. Like, <laughs> yeah especially when again they're so busy you want to you want to get back to them while the, the conversation's so hot it's, it's so funny I don't know why anybody would wait I mean I like to there's questions that'll come up and maybe there's something I don't know and I gotta reach out to a faculty member like I want to get back to them with that answer like if I can get it back that day like that's what I want to do so they're like, whoa, all right, I'm in on this. So uh, they know I'm taking the time to take this seriously and get them a part of RIT. So then that just gets them more engaged with everything. Yeah, it's incredible. Man, well, I love this conversation. Is there, as we kind of get ready to wrap up soon here, is there anything I didn't ask you about that you wanted to talk about today or anything else just... uh you'd like to share with the good people of the podcast? Well, I think what we just got into the, the follow-up I believe hmm. is again, it's to me, it's the most important part to build the relationship the right way. It's just rapid follow-up. Like I like to say, you should shock them with how quickly you follow up and what you get back to them with. Um, just get them the answers, get them that next meeting with whoever you, you promised during that meeting. Uh, if you shock them with your follow-up, they'll get on board with what you're doing. And then again, they will respond to your emails and your phone calls. Or if you do not do that, you're not going to get a response from them. And they're not going to yeah. take it seriously. So, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's one of the... Uh, there's someone I follow in the consulting world. And one of his things is like when you meet with a, a prospective client and they you know say they want to move forward... Like his thing is you should always have the proposal to them within 24 hours. You know, he's like, he's like, you should, you should leave the meeting and tell him like, if I, if I were to have you the proposal within 24 hours, you know, when would you like to get started? And it's like, I've started working with clients literally the next day. It's like, we're meeting. All right, boom. And I think that's exactly what you're saying. The speed that we take the next step partially shows them how much we value this that's it. interaction. That's exactly it. It's the value. Yep. They get it. They understand that they are valued and then they value us, which yeah. that takes some time to do, but you've got to, you got to follow up to make it happen. Exactly. I love it. Well, Adam, you were the king of the F words, forward <laughs> fundraisers, follow up. Follow and up. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's where it's at. So, I love that, and uh, I'm really excited for everything y'all are doing over at RIT. It seems like things are going zoom, zoom, and uh, yeah, anything else you want to point people to or shout out? Uh, I think, I tell you, you're, the posts that you create on LinkedIn, I, I share with my team quite mm-hmm. a bit, so I want to, I mean, keep doing what you're doing, because I think it's really valuable, but just the posts you have, or, you know, the, the messages are, you know, they're right on 
brand of what we're trying to do. And obviously we did major gift millions as well. Uh, so yeah, I just really appreciate that. Yeah. Well, I appreciate Adam. It's always fun getting to talk to you and seeing your articles as well. And I look forward to uh, talking again soon. All right. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for being here. That was Adam Platzer with RIT. I hope this episode has inspired you to schedule more visits. That's what this is all about. Getting in front of your donors, getting to know them, and that's going to lead to significantly more income for your organization. If you haven't already, go check out my course, Major Gift Millions, onevisitaway.com slash millions to learn about the incredible offers that are going on right now for the anniversary sale of the course. I hope to see you enrolled there. And if you have any questions about that, feel free to email me, kevin at onevisitaway.com. And as always, I hope this episode has inspired you to schedule more visits. After all, you're just one visit away from growing your mission and your impact.